So the tongue has the power not only to hurt other people, but also to stain who you are. And careers can be killed by just a couple of words, can't they? And relationships can be hurt by just a couple of words. Like there's parents who haven't talked to their kids or kids who haven't talked to their parents for years because of a word that was said. Because words have power. Uh, it's, it's really interesting. I, I was trying to figure out what James was talking about, but he said that um, words can, word your tongue can actually be set on fire by hell. And I was trying to figure out what, what does that actually mean. And so James is actually the only other person besides Jesus who uses the word hell in the scriptures. Okay, and so the word hell is actually the word Gehenna, which is the name of a place in Jerusalem, outside of Jerusalem. And way back, if you, if you look back into the Old Testament, um, you'll see people who worshipped other gods used to sacrifice their children in this place, and so they'd sacrifice their kids to other gods, and it just became a place of disgrace and terribleness. And so the people of Israel, when they, when they kind of got their act together serving God, they turned that place into a trash heap, and so there would be trash there, but they would set it on fire. And so if you looked over there, and, and I was in Israel and actually got to see it, if you looked over there, you would see just smoke and fire coming up out of it. And so that was, that was the picture of what they said hell is like. And so if he said that your, your tongue is like a fire set on fire by hell itself, you think about someone who walks around and there's smoke coming out of their mouth and there's fire coming out of their mouth and every time they open it, it hurts or it burns or it stings. And not only that, James isn't just saying that your mouth is a weapon, but he's actually saying that it can be used by Satan or the evil one. And, and James will talk about Satan in other passages, but Jesus said that Satan's the father of lies. And so every time that we open our mouths to tell something that isn't true, we're actually joining, and this is going to sound really extreme, we're actually joining Satan in his mission to confuse people and pull them away from Jesus. So if you're a follower of Jesus and, and every time you tell a lie, not only is it harmful to people, not only does it hurt people, not only can it destroy lives, not only does it bring guilt and shame to your own life, but you're actually in, in this weird way joining Satan in what he's doing. And so James is saying it's really important that we watch what we say because our tongue not only has the power to give life but also to destroy it. And growing up, uh, I, I had a friend and every time we'd go to this guy's house and his dad was home, his dad would always kind of make fun of him. And so as teenagers, we, we thought it was actually kind of funny. We're like, oh, yeah, some of the stuff he's saying is true. And, and it's sort of funny. But as I got to know this guy and as I saw his life play out over about 12 years, I just saw this pattern of he would find a girl and then he had a kid with one. And then he got married to a different person. And then he... He cheated on that person for another girl, and then he had a kid with another one and, and cheated on that one, and, and just this pattern of destructive behavior. And I, and I try to ask myself, like, why does that happen? And my conclusion was is that he didn't find that acceptance. He couldn't find that acceptance from his dad. His dad's words really hurt him, and so I think that played actually a giant part in his life because I think our, our identity is pretty much the sum of the verdicts that people have spoken over us. Right? And so if, if you call a child stupid, it's probably going to take a long time for them to get over that. 
Like what you say to people really does affect them. And so we need to watch our tongue. And so James will probably tell us how to do that in this passage, right? But he doesn't. He doesn't actually tell us what to do. We're going to read in James 7, 7 through 8. It says this, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. So, so that's not exactly the good news that we were hoping for. So James says is, is most animals can be tamed, right? Or at least subdued so we don't have to worry about them. We can hunt them. We, you know, Angela and I trained our dogs, sort of. For any cat owners, though, you can't train a cat. I'm just going to let you know that right now, okay? Cats actually train you because they just sit and they look at you and they say, get me food, get me water, get me toys, and uh, then you have to earn my affection some more. So James is wrong. Every animal except cats can be tamed. But here, here's the metaphor James is using. James is saying your tongue can't be tamed by any human being. And so it's like a wild animal that's been in a cage and it's trapped in the cage and now it's being let loose and so it's really unpredictable. And then he says it's a deadly poison, kind of like a snake stabbing. And, and how many times have we heard of, of suicides happening because people spoke wrongly? There's all these bullying programs in school because words actually matter. Words actually have power. And so what are we supposed to do then, James? I, I think he's not going to tell us specifically in this passage, but I think by, by looking at some other passages in the Bible, we can come up with one way that we might be able to help us control our tongue. And so I'm not going to be the first one to tell you this, but you've probably heard this from a parent, a teacher, someone else. You're supposed to think before you what? Right, you think before you speak. And so uh, the acronym for think, this, this could be, helpful for you when you're going to talk or say something. So the first thing you ask, is it truthful? Right? So is this thing true? It's not something I'm making up. And listen, not everything that's true is something that needs to be said, though. Okay? The next thing is, is it helpful? Does it help the person? Is it inspiring? Next thing, is it necessary? Do you actually need to say this to the person? And then the last thing is kind. And so you can just go through that in your head, and, and if you're not sure if you're supposed to say something, is it truthful, is it helpful, is it inspiring, is it necessary, is it kind? But, see, the problem is, is that James just said no one can tame the tongue. So even if you get really good at thinking before you speak, you're still going to miss it. You're still going to be someone who destroys lives. You're still going to be a person who has some negative things happening. You're still going to be a person who doesn't speak truth all the time. Even if you're pretty good at thinking before you speak. And so what's the problem? Well, I think the problems are when your word is a weapon, it's just a symptom of something deeper that's happening. Just like every sin that we commit, it's not actually what we do that, that caused the sin. It's actually something deeper inside. And so the truth is, it's a heart issue. 
that what's in your heart is causing what comes out. And so James is going to tell us why words are powerful again because words have the power to reveal your heart. So verse 9 says this, it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both a fig tree, or can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And see, James is really kind of focusing on Christians. He said, listen, you can't sit here in church and say, I praise you, God, and you're awesome. And then in the next moment, start cursing people. Start trying to tear them down. Now, we're not talking about the four-letter word cursing, okay? Our parents and other people told us, don't use four-letter words because they're vulgar and they're, not, and they're not really conducive to helping people. And I think that's a good point. But what he's really saying is, you can't, Say, man, God, you're awesome, but your creation is pretty terrible, especially for the people who are made in God's image. We already talked about God uh, making us in his image. And so it's about tearing people down and lying and gossiping about people. And he said, guess what? Those two things aren't right. Just like good water and bad water can't come from the same spring. So Poland Spring and Deer Park, I, I don't know if you like any of those, but most bottled water is taken from a spring. And so it's not that... One day, the spring produces good water, and then the next day, it's bad water, and the next day, it's good water, the next day, it's bad water. Like, from the good source comes the good water. And, and he takes it even further. He says, listen, this tree that's supposed to produce olives isn't going to produce figs, or this fig tree isn't going to produce olives, and this grapevine isn't going to produce figs. Basically, you're not going in your backyard to your apple tree and saying, hey, today, I think I'll get some oranges for my apple tree. Because it's really about what's the source. Like, who are you is going to be what comes out. And James really steals this idea from his brother Jesus. And Jesus says in Luke 6.45, he lays it out for us. He says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Or another way to put this is that out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so there's no test to figure out what's in your heart. There's no like assessment you can take online. What's in your heart, you'll know by what you speak. Pastor Joe preached on this a while ago and, and it really made me take a look at, at what I say. And so there's times when I... When I'm walking my dog, if I, if I start to get really angry with my dog for a while, I realize, like, my dog's not the problem. My heart is the problem. When you're driving and you get cut off in traffic and you're yelling at the other drivers, they might be the problem, but the bigger problem is deep in your heart. Or if your kids are all of a sudden just really frustrating to you and they really didn't do that much wrong, maybe there's an issue in your heart because it's all about the words. If you start to really talk and, and say really great things about yourself and try to show your accomplishments to everyone, maybe that means that there's a lot of pride in your heart. Like out of what we say out of our mouth, it's really going to show who we are. And so what's the solution to change our heart? Both you and I can't change it ourselves, but we can trust in Jesus to do that. 
And I think I can believe that because of three powerful words that were said. When Jesus was on the cross, here's what he said. He said these three powerful words. I think they might be the, the most powerful words that were ever said. He said, it is finished. So he said, it's finished. And you ask, what's finished? Well, I think it's the power of, of sin in our lives to stop us from following God. That's finished. Because Jesus died on the cross for us. What else is finished? It's our fear of having to be afraid of God. That's finished. You know, God sent Jesus down on earth and Jesus lived a perfect life. And when he died, his death was for our sake. Because all those things that we could never repay to God, he took care of when he died for us. Think about it this way. Each one of us in this room, we were actually dead. Okay? And a dead person can't bring themselves to life. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you real life by giving my life on the cross. And when he said, it is finished, what he says is that you trying to bring yourself back to life is finished. And now when you die, you have the opportunity to be with my Father in heaven. He said, I'm going to cleanse you of your sin. And the good news, if you're here this morning, you're saying, man, I've done all this bad stuff. I've hurt lots of people with my mouth. I've really, I've really just messed it up. The good news is when Jesus said it is finished, when you put your faith in Jesus this morning, you're forgiven. And it's not just your past is forgiven. It's not just right now, but it's actually your past, your present, and your future sins are forgiven when you put your faith in Jesus and decide to follow him. So this morning, if I have every head bowed and eye closed, I'd just like to ask you this morning, if you never said, I want to follow Jesus, maybe you're here this morning, you said life hasn't been going the right way, life hasn't been working out and I need something else. Jesus is here today saying, I want to, I want you to put your trust in me. And so if you're here this morning, you said, that's something I want to do, would you just raise your hand and say, Andrew, that's something that I want to do. I want to put my trust in Jesus. Yeah, you can look up at me this morning. So the question is, if our words have power, and she said it is finished, you don't have to be controlled by evil, you don't have to use your words for bad, what do we do? I think the first thing is something that we need to do every day is ask God to change you and depend on him. You can really try to fix your language all you want, and I think it's important that you're going to be there working alongside God. He's going to be working in you, and you're going to be working for it, but he's the only one who can really change you. And so this morning, I want you to just to, to think about how your language has been lately, how you've talked to others. And then the next thing I encourage you to do is just Think before you speak. Is it truthful? Is what you say helpful? Is what you say inspiring, necessary, kind? The good news is that if you haven't been that way in the past, today's a great day to grow. 
You don't have to say, man, my whole life has been full and steeped with lies. Today is a day to speak the truth. It's the great news that we don't have to be condemned because Jesus died for us so we could be forgiven. And then the last thing is this. Maybe you need to take responsibility for some of the the things that you've said. Maybe it's time for you to ask forgiveness. Maybe it's time for you to forgive others. Because really we see that words are powerful. That you can give life. You can destroy life. It shows us who we are. But when you accept Jesus, he says you're forgiven. And so today is a great way to do the same thing and respond. So we're just going to take a moment. I just want you to think about what God might be saying to you right now. Ask him just to show you how you can grow in him. Jesus, we thank you that you allowed us to be here this morning. I pray, God, that we would see ourselves as people who have the ability to give life with our words, but also people who have the ability to destroy life. Pray that you would speak through us, that you would change our hearts so we speak what's pleasing to you. We love you and we trust you this morning. In your name, Jesus, amen. If you'd like to stay and and reflect, you can feel free to do that, but you're dismissed, and uh, if you want to talk, you can do that outside the curtain so people have the time to respond.